707 in St. Louis, big sports show, Big 550 KTRS. Brendan Weesey, sports columnist from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Ben Fredrickson alongside. It's Thursday, our winners and losers hour for you. A lot to dig into as I welcome Ben into the conversation as I think last I checked, we were 70 degrees today or darn near close. Spring is here, Ben, on February the 1st. Sign me up. There's like birds chirping yes. and uh, people are walking in the neighborhood. And um, and I, I think I, w- I had to do a double take on the evening news. There were reports of like pollen levels. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Trees are amazing. They can go from being covered in ice to uh, causing us allergy problems in like a matter <laughs> of 12 hours. Right. But uh, I'll take it. It feels good. It, it stirs uh, a desire for spring training we got a soccer mm-hmm. season that's starting to get off the ground here um the blues are are at the all-star break we'll see if they can can keep some things going so it, it did feel like a it felt like a like a day of renewal today so i'm in a good mood i hope i hope you are too absolutely we can't both be in a good mood though it's winners and losers now. i know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to shift gears here at some point <laughs> uh, maybe so in st louis maybe the official high was 66 still like 23 degrees above normal uh, some places I do think it's 70 in the metro. Either wow. way, gorgeous, gorgeous afternoon. Hopefully you had a chance to be out in it. I was down at soccer, so that worked out great. Uh, outdoor training down there in uh, uh, downtown St. Louis. We'll talk some soccer here in a couple of moments. Ben, I do think, you know, kind of want to start this show and, and take it a slightly different direction to begin for me, my first loser of the night. And I want to direct this loser straight to cancer right I, I mean golly uh the rough uh, rough news day for mizzou basketball as we learned that uh mizzou assistant coach dickie nutt is a uh, suffer it, it gotten a cancer diagnosis begins chemotherapy next week which seems awfully quick so I, i'm wondering how long mizzou might have known about this is uh you know dickie nutt is a beloved member of of that staff and and that program and um uh, the day after we we learned the news the day after Mizzou probably had their worst showing of the year and that's saying something for a team that has not won a southeastern conference game yet but uh, the, you know wins and losses on the floor don't really matter it's the game of life here for Dickie Nutt and and uh, we're, we certainly send our thoughts and prayers to him and the entire Mizzou family and and to Coach Nutt's program that is uh, fa- I should say Coach Nutt's family tough uh, tough to hear that today but it does sound like it. If there's a, a, a silver lining here, it's that they caught the cancer early, uh, according to Coach Nutt's statement. Yeah, and it certainly kind of um, reality checks everybody. You watch this Mizzou basketball team right now, and you think, oh, man, this is so terrible. And you see news like that, and you go, okay, terrible in sports is perspective. Um, he's a beloved member of this Mizzou family. Um, I think a lot of people around – Missouri athletics have loved having him around, not just on the basketball side of things. He's the definition of, of the coach that you want to have for a young up and coming um, head coach like Dennis Gates. And I commend Dennis Gates on, on having him on his staff because he's a guy who's seen a ton. He's traveled a lot. He's been a lot of different places, seen a lot of things good, seen a lot of things bad. And I always enjoy watching the huddles of Mizzou because you'll see Dennis Gates talking to his players and you'll also see a lot of Coach Nutt talking to Dennis Gates, <laughs> and they're talking over, okay, what's the message? What are you seeing? What's the what are you what are you taking to this? And Dennis Gates is is going to say what 
what he wants in terms of how he coaches his team, but the fact that he trusts Coach Nutt so much and should and does, that tells you a lot about both of those guys. So the players love him. Everybody he encounters loves him. Um, and he's one of the great storytellers, too, in college basketball. So wishing him the best. And and you wonder if it affected the team a little bit. I don't, I don't know when they found out. Um, but this is, uh, is going to be something that they've got to – they've got to work through as a team and um, you know, there's nothing they can do other than to try to play in a way that, 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 you know, uh, that, that sends good vibes his way. And um, I don't know how long he'll be away from the team. It sounds like he'll be stepping away to take this treatment and, and hopefully um, he's back soon, but more importantly, hopefully he's, he's cleared of this and, and, and we know he'll give it a heck of a go. Absolutely. It's certainly sending, like I said, our best uh, thoughts and wishes and prayers there way as, uh, as that news comes down the line today again with, with what happened last night and you know, we've talked about it before coach Gates keeps things under wraps pretty tight right and last year with the whole Isaiah Mosley situation I don't think we ever really found out what was going on officially and that's the way coach Gates wanted to treat it and that's and by all accounts Isaiah Mosley the relationship with with coach Gates and that staff was was very strong and and you wondered was he is it is it you know disciplinary is it illness is it uh, something to do with grades i mean and and we never found out but the relationship clearly was one that was uh was very tight and and coach Gates just didn't find it necessarily to 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 share publicly what was going on so i don't know in this instance, I mean, quite frankly, it's it's none of our business. They are public figures, but they can share news about health and 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 wellness as as they see fit, I guess. So I'm not sure if something like this has an impact on on what's going on right now with with Mizzou basketball, Ben. But I mean, it's gone from one extreme, which was making an NCAA tournament, having one of the best seasons uh, in in a decade for Missouri Tiger basketball, to what has become. Uh, just a complete downer, one that, it, again, does not include an SEC win. And you, you just hate to see the, the the good vibes and the energy that surrounded this program. It it, it, it feels like it's disappearing. And, and we know there should be brighter days ahead, but you know none of that's a guarantee. It's just this this has been it's been pretty drastic. And, and coming from a guy that and I, I have. And we think we both have sung Coach Gates his praises here since, uh, really, since he got here, and this has just been a, a significant detour to what we thought was the the rise once again of this basketball program. Yeah, this uh, this was the first game where it kind of looked like they got, I don't want to say punked, but they got they got. Out, outclassed, outcompeted, outhustled. They got shown up on their home court. And the one thing you could say about this rough season was that they've been competitive. They've they've been up for the fight. They were not up for the fight in this game. And Arkansas is an incredibly athletic team, a very underachieving team. But they caught, you know, they're a struggling team that they caught a whiff of a game where they could beat up, beat up on somebody else for a change. And they took full advantage of it. And Mizzou played the role of a punching bag better than they have all season and it just makes you wonder how they're going to pull out of this not pull out of it to save their season but they still got a lot of games left to play and if they take this turn that's going to be that's going to be a lot of tough basketball to watch and 
The one thing that I thought was good from this, and I do think this matters, I thought Dennis Gates got real after the game. And I, I, I like this tone change from him. He apologized for the performance, which, you know, that's fine. That's coach, just some ways coach, coach speak. But he basically said, look, and I think the quote was, we have to be participants in our own rescue. Right. And he stopped this idea of blaming the officials for foul disparities. He even said, we can't blame the officials, even though he's been doing that for the large part of this season. He pointed out the fact that they're not rebounding well enough. He pointed out the fact that, that they're not, you know, they're not taking what they do in practices to games. And um, I, a lot of this, a lot of the varnish, the kind of the sweet spin that he's been trying to put on this, it went away. And and I think that that's good for this team. I think it's good for him. Certainly fans, they don't appreciate the losing and nothing you say in a press conference when you can't win a conference game is going to make anybody feel that much better. But I think they, I think they like it a lot more when a coach is saying what they're seeing versus trying to tell them they're seeing something they're not. And maybe that can lead to a bit of a bit of a reality check for this group. He's trying to find answers. I think this is more personnel than coaching personally. A coach puts together the team though, so it doesn't excuse Gates. But uh, this is good. this is this was that was rough to watch at home against a team that's supposed to be a rival, a team that's not playing very well. And and I'm afraid there could be more, honestly. Yeah. It's Arkansas has really been struggling. They look like an NCAA tournament. They look like a Sweet 16 team last night, sure. Ben. And there are. This is not college sports. It has just radically changed. And I feel like there would have been a time. Oh, okay. Coming off a tough stretch, the the last year under Conzo, things are pretty bad. This, you know, you're rebuilding a program. But Ben, uh, last I checked, there's not a single Conzo player on this roster. Can't blame Conzo. Can't blame any of his players. And in fact, the one player Conzo left behind helped you win an NCAA tournament game last year. And that was Kobe Brown. Uh, I guess you could count Caleb Brown, but he's hurt. It's not factoring into the equation here. So this is this is Coach Gates. He's got to own it, and he is. But it's th- th- this is this is his mess to help clean up. And again, luckily, it, and I, I think that's. I think that's proper to use here. Luckily, his class for next season's already signed. They, they've signed their letters of, of intent, so they're 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 not. This is not a, a verbal commitment. They are committed to come to Mizzou next year. I mean, these are these are highly rated prospects, Ben. And uh, I just wondered if if they hadn't already signed, if if we'd be in and watching kind of a tough spot here because. This is modern day college sports, and these kids, these kids transfer if if the wind changes directions one day. So, I I I think there's uh, there's a lot that's going to need to turn around pretty quick next year for this Missouri Tiger uh, basketball program. And after so much enthusiasm surrounded it last year, it's it's in a completely different spot right now, and uh, and and it's it's on the head coach. Yeah, I, I really, um, I want to see the young guy. I, mean, I feel like I've been saying, I feel like Dennis Gates is talking after this game finally like I was after the Illinois game. I mean, to me, and it's easy for me to say, right, I'm not the one coaching the team, but to me watching the Illinois game was like, oh, this is, these are different teams. One is a team that that needs to really prioritize trying to get better for the future, and one is a team that's good right now. And, and and that hasn't changed. If anything, it's become more clear 
since then and what Dennis Gates pushed back against when this team played in St. Louis, he's now, I think, kind of embracing. Um, he's not just going to hand it over to the young guys because they're not fully ready yet. Um, and he's going to continue to ask guys to do the things he wants to do in practice because that's how you, if you give that away and you start not paying attention to practice, then you're kind of letting the values for your program erode out from beneath your feet and you're not guaranteed to get any better results. So you've got to do it smartly, carefully, but increasingly you've got to create opportunities for these young guys who are going to be around to grow, to make mistakes, to learn from it. And you're just going to have to take the lumps that roll with it. And you're also going to have to either really upgrade the shot making and the, and the athleticism in terms of creating steals and offense off of it, or you're going to have to go under the hood of your, of your, of your style and you're going to have to try to come up with a way to get a little more solid in the half court defensive setting um, if you don't have the steel making potential because they're just getting crushed. I mean, they're, they're, they can't play competitive defense in the half court setting at the SEC level and, and it's killing them. And that should be, and defense, Ben, if, if uh, coaches, that, that, again, that team Conzo had two years ago, Ben, not very good. The team that got him fired, they did play defense. That team well, did D always up. played defense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could you could give Conzo, uh, me, you, uh, um, Seth, Martin, and, uh, and 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 a SEC player, and they they played defense. Now they might not score ever, <laughs> and I would tell him that. But uh, but defense was 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 the standard, and I think that's in some ways that's what's going on this season. Is what is the what is the thing that this team does if it can't do anything, and they don't have an answer. Because last year's team could, could, could run and create turnovers. They could hit three point. They could do a lot of things that were given. Yeah. Night in and night out, they had some givens. This team, and if nothing else, they had Kobe, and Kobe was going to find a way to try to keep you in the game. This team doesn't have anything that's given, and some of that is talent. Some of that is is not doing. I mean, I go back to the. It doesn't do the things. It, this program wants it to do well. Gates style wants it to do well. Now, what we don't know is, is, um, is if they would do those better if the guys who were hurt were healthy. Um, I can't answer that. It's easy after they get crushed by Arkansas to say, no, nothing would make that big of a difference, but um, we don't know. And we don't, we didn't think Tamar Bates would be playing as good now as he was, um, as he was as, as he wasn't earlier in the season so maybe these guys would have grown and gotten better that's kind of the one thing that that really keeps you from going man this was an ultimate disaster and entirely preventable because if those guys are healthy if Caleb Grill's healthy if John Tanjay's healthy maybe it looks a little more competitive right and no doubt and that it, it adds to the frustration that Bates has been so good yet this team cannot get a win so far in SEC play Ben a little curveball here real quick before we go to break, because we've got breaking news from baseball. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, and so a, a, an add-on to our loser list, it's got to be the Milwaukee Brewers because they've just traded away their ace, Corbin Burns, to the Baltimore Orioles. This according to Jeff Passan. The Brewers will bring back a package of prospects in return. But holy cow, what a, what a move by the O's to get Corbin Burns. But, man, it doesn't. If you're if you're a Milwaukee fan here tonight, you can't be too confident about your team's chances when you move a true ace. <laughs> Corbin Burns went healthy, a true ace. They move him 
to a Baltimore team that is obviously thinking they've got a chance to do big things right now as uh, as they get burns from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you know what's the succession quote where he tells them you are not serious people? That's me to the NL Central. <laughs> <laughs> we were just praising the Brewers for getting Hoskins. Like, oh, we did, yeah, last to, week. Uh, maybe they're going to try to be a little more a little more aggressive than we thought. No, just let the Cubs take your manager and let uh, the Orioles have your your ace. Um, and and Woodward's gone too, right? So, um, I mean, their 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 rotation, which was a strength, is 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 now is now it's it's a total question mark. They've traded away. They made some some peculiar trades um, before that that are kind of for dented used guys who haven't had great success in the majors. Um, they're a confusing team right now. Um, they look like they're trying to be smarter than everybody. Um, trading away Corbin Burns is never smart, in my opinion. Right. It's this is this is insanity. Yeah, it seems like the Brewers have have a history of making moves like this. Ben, yeah, when you go out and you, and you sign Reese Hoskins to that kind of contract, a free agent deal, and it was you know some not a ton of risk, but uh, multi years, and that that seems to be the kind of move where you're you're taking a bit of a gamble, but you think, hey, we're going to add some power to this lineup. Let's go out and do this right now, and we're, we're we've still got pieces to contend in this NL Central. I. I can't find the pieces. I mean, they got Freddie Peralta at the top of that rotation Woodruff, right now. Woodruff is Woodruff is gone too. That's the name I butchered a second ago. He's gone. Right. They non-tendered him, and right. he hasn't uh, he hasn't signed um, with anybody. I don't think. Maybe they maybe he's damaged goods. Backers. Maybe maybe well, yeah, Burns but, is damaged but, but goods he was too. For ten years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe Burns is damaged goods too. But this maybe. is uh, this is interesting. I mean, the Orioles. The Orioles. I mean, the Orioles traded for uh, Jack Flaherty and did got got next to nothing out of him after a couple encouraging starts. So they're not exactly known for for making the best trades in terms of pitching evaluation. But maybe the Orioles are feeling good. I mean, heck, they're going to get a sounds like a decent ownership group. They're getting rid of the of the of the ridiculous uh, brothers who are messing up the team. Um, so things are looking up for Baltimore. Good for them. They're they're, they're passionate fan base that has been not getting much to cheer for. So they should be fired up about this. I'm interested to see who all is involved in this deal. Um, Cause it kind of feels like Milwaukee's leaning toward a more of a long-term rebuild here. Yeah, kind of it, but is it's a risk Hoskins, a trade guy then. Is he going to be a guy they try to but trade? You know, but, but what do you get in return for a guy that's a first baseman who's maybe hurt? I mean, even if he goes out there and hits 40 home runs this year, Ben, that, that's the thing. Yeah, uh, at the deadline, maybe yeah, you get a jacked-up uh, price for a team that wants a bat? I, maybe, I, but those aren't the kind of – a guy like Hoskins, he's not the kind of guy that brings you a big haul in return. Now, when was it the Pirates went out there inside Araldis Chapman a week or so ago, he's the kind of guy that if you're – if you're if you're waving the white flag at the deadline, Chapman, a a relief pitcher like him, he's the kind of guy that bring you a package back in return. I'm not sure if Hoskins does that in in today's baseball. There are a lot of guys like Reese Hoskins out there. I mean, if healthy, maybe not everybody can go out there and hit 40 home runs like he can. I I just don't know what he brings back in return. This to me, if I'm a Brewers fan, it's big time mixed messaging. And I, I'd be fr- pretty darn frustrated if I'm rooting for the Brew Crew, especially for a for a 
for a city that essentially had their ball club dangled in front of them, threatening to move away last year when there wasn't an immediate move to go build the Brewers a new stadium. I mean, give me a break. Uh, that That's not exactly a fan base that's uh, being treated like uh, like the fans that they are. Very good fan base up there. And uh, this, this seems to be the kind of move that would uh, would tick off any fan base out there, Ben, especially this close to spring training. It's like, uh, I guess better luck next yeah, year, right, yeah, guys? Literally. Right. The, whether you like the Brewers' moves or not, their timing on these things are absolutely horrific. Very strange. They trade Josh Hader away when they're in the midst of a right. run to win the division, and now they trade their ace on the, on the eve, not the eve, but the weeks before reporting. I mean, give me a break. I just – Sometimes they don't. I don't think people think about how things actually affect teams. But this this tells me Milwaukee's not serious. Totally. You don't trade your ace if you're serious about 2024. So that's another reason that the Cardinals should once again reevaluate their plans, look at this division, and say let's go over the top because nobody else is serious about winning this thing. Okay, the Cubs got counsel and gave them one good starting pitcher. What else has happened? Maybe they're going to get Bellinger back. They had Bellinger last year. I mean, there's not a team in this division that's acting like it's determined to win the division. And I would include the Cardinals in that. And they've been one of the more aggressive teams. The the Reds have been somewhat aggressive. Um, and the Reds are the team that's got the youth that if they if they they're looking around saying, Great, you know, the Reds probably have as good of a chance as anybody to win this division right now. If the Cardinals don't take advantage of the Brewers basically punting, then they're crazy. 85 wins might win this division, Ben. <laughs> and and you know what? The problem the problem is the Cardinals are going, that'd be great. And it's like, no, it's go go win go turn it into 95. You know, go win it by a go win it by a mile and then be better for it because you're entering the postseason in a better spot. You have you have a chance to to win back fans who are frustrated as heck that you're just doing the littlest amount possible to get in. I mean, it's a real chance for the Cardinals to get back to Duncan on this division. And I really think like one, one surprise move would do it. And it's not Matt Carpenter. One surprise move, go get a starter, go get two relievers instead of one, do one more thing than expected. And, and I think fans would be in a pretty optimistic place come spring training. Fox Sports Baseball tweeted out a couple hours ago, most exciting offseason so far. Ranked the Cardinals sixth, interestingly enough, behind, you know, the Dodgers, Yankees, Diamondbacks, Braves, and Royals at fifth. But the most disappointing offseason, according to Fox Sports, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, You mentioned the Reds. They're the kind of team where they, they didn't need to go out and spend lavishly. But of the three veteran pitchers, the Cardinals sign maybe Gray a little too pricey. But they need—I think they need another veteran arm like a Lance Lynn or a Kyle Gibson. They've got good young pitching. Then Ben, they've got good young position players. They might be one veteran away from being competitive in this division, and they don't need to go out and spend all that much to do it. No, I mean, if you're the Reds. You're looking around going, okay, there's exciting youth on this team. You've made some sharp off-season additions. They said they're done. Like, don't be done. <laughs> there's still so many 
difference-making players available. What do you want? Relievers? There's a bunch of veteran relievers with good postseason experience with mileage left. The Cardinals are looking at a few of them. They can't get them all. Um, you want starters? Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, all out there. Now, these guys aren't going to take pillow contracts. Scott Forrest knows what he's doing. But but find the money in the couch cushions to go get one of those guys on a high AAV year deal to, 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 to really fire everybody up and to have a pitcher who's going to be pretty good for, for seasons to come. These guys are not ancient dudes. They're not going to be drastically overpaid. Pitching costs a lot. You want bats? My God, there's a ton of big hitters out there. All you have to do, go to MLB.com, trade rumors, look at the available free agents, and just be surprised by how many names you know on that list. I mean, this teams in the Central should be – calling meetings saying, okay, let's reconsider our payrolls. Let's reconsider our, our moves because this thing's open for the taking and one more move might seal it. And, and, and I just, it's disappointing that there's not more, there, there's not a seriousness about this division. There's not a, there's not a demand to win it. These, these teams know they've got it easy. And instead of trying to, to take advantage of it, they're, they're all just kind of coasting on it together. Ben Fredrickson, Brennan Weesey with you. Our winners and losers for a Thursday night, again, kind of derailed by this breaking news out of Baltimore. <laughs> the Orioles acquiring Corbin Burns from the Brewers for a package of prospects. Ben, you know it's you... not good when you don't even get a name. Right. Yeah. When you don't even get a prospect name, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the Orioles did not trade Gunnar Henderson or, or Adelaide Rushman in this, uh, in this move. So it's going to be a who's who of prospects for Corbin Burns. So really, if you're, again, this, I mean, it, it really does stink if you're a Brewers fan. There is, this is a gut punch if you are a legit fan that goes to these games and, again, right before spring training starts, oh, oh, we're trading our ace? Oh, for guys that aren't going to help us for years down the line? Great. Sign me Can up. Can we get Jackson Holiday? Yeah, exactly. I don't, another name. not, yeah. I don't want to hear about probably, it. Probably, yeah, probably a name <laughs> not involved. In this trade. We got more winners and losers when we come back after this here on a Thursday night. Brendan Weesey, sports columnist from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Ben Fredrickson on the Big 550. Back to the Big Sports Show with Brendan and Ben Fred on the Big 550 KTRS. at St. Louis. Big Sports Show continues. Our winners and losers on a Thursday night. Brendan and Ben Fred alongside. Ben, you've got a winner for us. And we you know, talked a little bit about Mizzou basketball's tough luck here. Trying to find a team in the state of Missouri that can do something. We know SLU's struggles. How about the team down Highway 44 in Springfield? Mo, Ben, big night for those Bears last night. And they keep coming. Um, look, you and I wondered, hey, okay, Missouri was off to a bad start. How much can you dig out of something like this? Well, Missouri State is showing that you can, yes, you can. put together a run after after a brutal start. They were 10-9 and nine and only 2-6 and six in Valley play when they lost to Illinois State at home on January 20th. And they went out next game out against Drake at home, a team that nobody thought they could beat. And they won one of the more thrilling games you'll see 
all year, 83-80 in two overtimes to beat Drake. And it almost seemed like that kind of rejuvenated them. They went to Valpo and won in double digits. Then at Southern Illinois last night, he goes to overtime and they win 76 to 75. They now won three in a row for the first time since, uh, you know, since they were starting to starting to end non-conference play. And they're kind of starting to look like a team that could maybe be that typical dangerous, um, you know, arch madness team, Donovan clay, playing really well. Um, these guys have talent. They just looked, I watched a couple of the games earlier this season. They looked, they looked totally lost. And now they're looking dangerous. Austin Mason's playing great. So don't count out Dana Ford and his bears. And, and it, it was no matter where it goes, kudos to them for grabbing a bad season by the horns and wrestling it into the interesting side. Yeah, they were, I mean, I think it's fair to say Dana Ford is getting to the point where maybe he's coaching for his job, Ben, because totally. there, are, there are high expectations down there at Missouri State, and rightfully and so. Attendance has been rough. Very, very rough attendance. Just, I, I think, apathy down there in what's a, a great town and a, a great school for, for sports when they're getting it right. The Lady Bears and the Bears. I mean, that is a basketball town, Ben, and they have uh, had some really tough times. There was the couple games before this streak. They looked. They really did look done, and they looked toasted, and looked like it, it looked really disjointed. And another case where Dana Ford's bringing in a bunch of transfers to try and get it right, and it just it wasn't it wasn't working out. Ben, you mentioned Austin Mason has been tremendous back to back, just monster games, and then last night. You talk about a Southern team in Carby. Now, that's a good rivalry, Missouri State and Southern Illinois, going back to the uh, the old school Valley days. And that it's, you know, they're looking up at a double-digit deficit. They come back from the car. The Salukis have the leading scorer, one of the top scorers in the country in Xavier Johnson. And the Bears find a way to get it done. Yep, put another team here, Ben, suddenly in the mix in this league that, I am starting to think has a legitimate shot at getting multiple teams in the tournament. They should be. They they should be in the discussion. And Indiana State, if Indiana State were to tomorrow, Ben, if, if Arch Madness were tomorrow and Indiana State got bounced in the semifinals, they have a tremendous argument. You just watch their games. You know, for a lot of these mid-major school, Ben, the, these schools, they don't have a chance to go out there and play teams out of the Big Ten and the ACC and the SEC. They don't have a chance to pad their schedule like all the major conferences do. A lot of these teams, Ben, they've got an opportunity at quad one wins every night out like they do in the Big 12 or the SEC or the Big East. That's not the case necessarily in the Valley. And sometimes you need some nuance to grade these teams. And, and by the way, the Valley – uh, or I should say Indiana State, top 50 or top 25 in the net, top 50 in Ken Palm. Uh, Drake is top 50 in both the net and Ken Palm right now. These are schools that deserve long, long looks by the time we get to March because they can't both. You can't have three or four teams win Arch Madness. Only one team can get that right, auto right. bid, Ben. But I don't think there's any doubt the Valley is going to deserve a long look to get. Hell, I mean – at this point, I'd say they you got three teams in this conference that could go out there and win multiple March Madness games. And I know that's not part of the criteria that they use to put these teams through. 
But sometimes you need a you can't just go with the the nitty gritty and the numbers here. We don't need twelve Big Twelve teams in. We don't need nine Big East teams in. There are going to be some teams that get in that, quite frankly, may not deserve it in some of these power conferences. We don't need eight Big Ten teams. I can guarantee you that. Well, I'll tell you what. Is there going to be a better game in the country than Saturday early evening on ESPN two? Drake at Indiana State. Oh my gosh! Huge. I'm, be, I'm watching it. Huge. <laughs> circled it as as one I want to watch. Neither team has lost back to back games all season long. It's going to be such a massive game, and it almost gets to a point where, I mean, I'm rooting for the league at this point. I don't know who to root for in that game to put the league. I, I'll tell you this. I'll root for much like we saw in the Bradley-Indiana State game last weekend, Ben. It went to overtime. I, I'm i rooting for this game to go to OT and maybe it be decided by one or two points. Saturday, by the way, it is a great day of college basketball. There are massive games, massive games all day long. Uh, you get North Carolina Duke, Ben. Uh, I, I, remember, I remember a time when ESPN would promote that game all week long. Uh, walking up to it, I feel like I feel like it doesn't quite get the attention it did. Maybe when Tyler Hansborough or JJ Redick were were playing for their respective schools, but I think both Duke and North Carolina in good spots. UNC they're having as good a season as they've had in the last couple of years. They're in a good spot. I think Duke's in a decent enough spot. That should be a great game, but a great day of college hoops, not marred by any other football going on, which is a which is a good deal. Yeah, I, I dig it. I, I just add there's already three teams in the Valley that have more than 15 wins with a lot of basketball, a lot of basketball left to be played. That's, that's pretty, pretty dang impressive. Um, and two of them meet Saturday. So uh, it's going to be a good year for Arch Madness and good news that it's sticking around St. Louis for a long time to come, but this might be one of our, one of our best years for it in a long time. Yeah. Arch Madness is going to be fantastic. Of course, you can hear it right here on the big 550 KTRS. Ben, I got a winner for you. We'll talk more about this tomorrow night on Soccer Weekly, but uh, got to give Bradley Carnell a win, right? The city head coach signs an extension earlier this week through 2025. It was somewhat confusing for folks. It was a two-year extension. So wait a minute, he wasn't signed for this year. He was. I think they sweetened the pot a little bit for him here in 2024. He stays on through 2025. It is surprising that the contract was so short. Yeah, a a win for all involved because you don't want your coach, especially your coach that was runner-up for coach of the year, you'd want him dangling as a lame duck coach to where to, to even have a thought, wow, this was his last year on on his current contract, so they extinguish any possible distraction there. He's locked in through 2025. Yeah, smart calls, not surprising, the right thing to do. The reality is, and we talk about it with Eli Drinkwitz um, in the different sport, but poachers exist, and in this soccer game, they're not just at other schools in your conference or other teams in your league. There are other leagues or other countries you May what this team did last season made international waves, and that was a lot of eyes on Bradley Carnell. So you fight to keep him. You maybe not, maybe you can't do it forever, but you do it for a little bit longer. And I thought this was was smart. And look, this guy clearly knows how to coach this style. He's got a great way to unlock players, young and proven veterans. Um, there's really only one thing he didn't do well last year, and and I think he would own this is that he didn't have his team in the right spot to enter postseason play. And, and I think this team will be better for that. That's the one thing that I think now can, 
can be the focus for this group. They got to go win again in the regular season, but they've got to learn from how they, how they didn't finish last year was the one thing they didn't do. And he's the right guy to, if you, if you feel good about anybody saying, okay, take a, a bad experience after a series of awesome experiences, find a way to, to change that next time around. I think you can bet on this guy being a pretty good bet to figure that out. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about it. So, Great week if you're a St. Louis City SC fan and they're playing uh, exhibition soccer on Saturday. We'll uh, have that covered for you this weekend on the Big 550 KTRS. Ben, let's take our final break. Come back. You've got a winner for us on the Mizzou football team, at least a former Tiger doing big things, getting ready for the Senior Bowl. Details on that coming up, our winners and losers. Back to the Big Sports Show with Brendan and Ben Fred on the Big 550 KTRS. Good call by Ben during the break. The Brewers owner is part of this strategic sports group that just invested $1.5 billion into the PGA Tour. And I think both sides have an opportunity to say, what are we getting into? If you're a Brewers fan, wait a minute, why are you giving money to golf when you've got a team here that just traded away maybe its best player? And then if you're a PGA Tour fan, Ben, you're thinking, wait a minute, the owner of the Brewers and the owner of the Red Sox who traded away Mookie Betts and the owner of the Atlanta Falcons who just fired their coach and the owner of the New York Mets who has maybe no idea what he's doing. All of these guys are investing in the PGA Tour. Just screw it. I guess I'll be a live fan now. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> I don't know, man. What does it tell you if all these baseball owners are throwing their money at golf? Does it tell you what they think about Baseball, I, I don't know. The, the, I'm happy for Orioles fans because their ownership is apparently selling off and is going to make a killing, I'm sure, on, on its investment and its product. I was a little surprised to see the valuation of the Orioles being so low, but I mean, it's a hard business, you know, cashing the baseball checks these days. Just just ask the owners. But uh, a special blow there for the Brewers fans. Yeah, the prospects may be good. In five years, maybe this looks like a, a smart deal. But uh, golly, you're seeing your best pitcher walk away who's owed 15 mil um, because you don't want to pay it. And and at the same day, your owner's sinking that much money, if not more, into golf. That 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 hurts a little bit on the on the on the uh, you know the countdown to spring training. That 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 hurts. Well, Ben, I, it's me a deeper tease. I want to talk more about Darius Robinson tomorrow on our Mizzou game plan show. I want to give you a window here because I know you were pretty fired up about the Alabama baseball coach today maybe a good way to end with a with a loser loser. yeah holy cow have you followed this story at all from well well well, yeah i mean last year as it was some of the details were coming down but it's just uh it's gotten worse and worse and i don't think this guy's going to be coaching in the ncaa anytime soon Dude, never i mean never no one should ever (laughs) hire him I wouldn't hire him to, to, to pick up my garbage and, and not that that's a low, like I wouldn't hire him to do anything. I would pay this man nothing to do anything because I don't know if folks are following the details. Yeah. He was caught in sports gambling, uh, idiotic state of sports gambling. But on top of that, he was having people place bets against his own team. He was betting again. He wasn't betting on his team to win. Usually when that happens, like, okay, you're an idiot, but at least you had team spirit. No, he was trying to pace, huge amount place huge amounts of money against his own team 
when he would find out that one of his own players was hurt, which you, of course it was affecting his decision-making. Of course Holy it was cow. affecting his games. He got hit with a 15-year show cause today. He's done. <laughs> done. Not that they needed to do it, but they did, and rightfully so. What stuns me is this. I mean, this guy this guy has put Alabama on probation. They got to pay they got to pay a fine, but this guy's this guy's toast um, for his career. Um, he, he got caught texting hammer the other team. So and so's out for sure. Let me know when I can uh, when I can when I can when I can announce it. You know all the all of this stuff. T- texting his bookie or whoever was helping him with his betting before he let the other team know that one of the players who was supposed to pitch in that day's game was injured. I mean, talk about lack of ethics or just all kinds of missing integrity. Here's what kills me, though. I mean, this guy could go, this guy could go to prison. He's going to face a huge fine. You know how much he was making? He was making like almost $1,000 a year. You fell off there for a second. How much? How much was he making? He was making almost $500,000 a year (laughs) coaching this Alabama baseball team. They were a good team. He had like a $275,000 base salary and then like 200000 additional dollars in supplemental pay. He was making half a mil a year in doing this. I mean, what an idiot. And kudos to the folks that caught wind of this pretty quick. It's like, wait a minute. Somebody wants to bet six figures <laughs> on a college baseball game? Alarm bells going off everywhere, Ben. And it was quickly, yeah, you can't bet that much. You're capped at whatever it was, like fifteen thousand or something, but uh, the uh, the alarm bells went off. And remember, what Pete Rose got banned for life because he bet on baseball. I don't think he ever bet on his own team. Correct me if I'm wrong. This guy was betting on his team to lose. Yes, yes. And then and then tell me that that wasn't affecting his decision making. I mean, wow, unbelievable. It's- Sometimes these betting things are like, oh, it was a player on a prop bet that included himself having a good performance. And you go, okay, dumb. But also, like, was there harm done by that? Probably not. Brad Bohannon just set the record for being the the, the ultimate villain in this sports betting story. That's only going to get bigger and bigger because there's just an investigation into LSU football. If, if you have a campus, there's this is happening but hopefully not as bad as, as this idiot. The ultimate loser. Yes. He might be the biggest loser in the history of our winner loser segment. I think so, Ben. Well, we'll have a chance again. We'll talk Darius Robinson, a lot of Mizzou stuff coming up tomorrow. Ben Arnett from uh, Columbia Mo, uh, Adam Rittenberg from uh, from ESPN with us on tomorrow's show. Ben, what are you working on in the paper, the pages of the Post-Dispatch? Well, i got a column up going up this evening about Bradley Carnell and the smart decision to give him this extension and also kind of the, the, the one box that he's got left to check on, on figuring out how to get this team to build off of last season's success moving forward. This season starts soon, and they can find that at stltoday.com or in the pages of tomorrow's PD. Look forward to checking that out, sir, and I will talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk uh, all things Mizzou and college sports starting at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. That's Ben. I'm Brendan. Uh, we're talking golf next. Our Skip Berkmeyer with me here on the Big 550 KTRS.